0: Section 48 of the Animal Storybook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sophia Kaushik. The Animal Storybook. Edited by Andrew Lang. More Faithful Than Favored. By Miss Eleanor Seller there never was a more faithful watch-dog than the great big-limbed heavy-headed mastiff that guarded sir harry lee's manor house ditchley in oxfordshire the sound of his deep growl was the terror of all the gipsies and vagrants in the county and there was a superstition among the country people that he was never known to sleep even if he was seen stretched out on the stone steps leading up to the front entrance of the house with his massive head resting on his great forepaws, at the sound of a footfall however distant his head would be raised his ears fiercely cocked and an ominous stiffening of the tail would warn a stranger that his movements were being closely watched and that on the least suspicion of anything strange or abnormal in his behavior he would be called to account by leo strangely enough the mastiff had never been a favorite of his master's the fact that dogs of his breed are useless for purposes of sport owing to their unwieldy size and defective sense of smell had prevented sir harry from taking much notice of him he looked upon the mastiff merely as a watch-dog the dog would look after him longing to be allowed to join him in his walk or to follow him when he rode out through the lanes and fields round his house but poor leo's affection received little encouragement So long as he guarded the house faithfully by day and night, that was all that was expected of him, and as in doing this he was only doing his duty and fulfilling the purpose for which he was there, little notice was taken of him by any of the inmates of the house. His meals were supplied to him with unfailing regularity, for his services as ensuring the safety of the house were fully recognized, but as Sir Harry had not shown him any signs of favor, the servants did not think fit to bestow unnecessary attention on him. So he lived his solitary neglected life, in summer and winter, by night and day, zealous in his master's interest, but earning little reward in the way of notice or affection. One night, however, something occurred that suddenly altered the mastiff's position in the household, and from being a faithful slave, he all at once became the beloved friend and constant companion of Sir Harry Lee. It was in winter, and Sir Harry was going up to his bedroom as usual, about eleven o'clock. Great was his astonishment on opening the library door to find the mastiff stretched in front of it. At sight of his master, Leo rose, and, wagging his tail and rubbing his great head against Sir Harry's hand, he looked up at him, as if anxious to attract his attention. With an impatient word, Sir Harry turned away and went up the oak-panelled staircase, Leo following closely behind him when he reached his bedroom door the dog tried to follow him into the room and if sir harry had been a more observant man he must have noticed a curious look of appeal in the dog's eyes as he slammed the door in his face ordering him in commanding tones to go away an order which leo did not obey curling himself up on the mat outside the door he lay with his small deep-sunk eyes in eager watchfulness fixed on the door while his heavy tail from time to time beat an impatient tattoo upon the stone floor of the passage. Antonio, the Italian valet whom Sir Harry had brought home with him from his travels, and whom he trusted absolutely, was waiting for his master, and was engaged in spreading out his things on the toilet table. "'That dog is getting troublesome, Antonio,' said Sir Harry. "'I must speak to the keeper to-morrow, and tell him to chain him up at night outside the hall.' I cannot have him disturbing me prowling around the corridors and passages all night see that you drive him away when you go downstairs yes signor replied antonio and began to help his master to undress then having put fresh logs of wood on the fire he wished sir harry good-night and left the room finding leo outside the door the valet whistled and called gently to him to follow him and as the dog took no notice he put out his hand to take hold of him by the collar but a low growl and sudden flash of the mastiff's teeth warned the italian of the danger of resorting to force with a muttered curse he turned away determined to try bribery where threats had failed he thought that if he could secure a piece of raw meat from the kitchen he would have no difficulty in inducing the dog to follow him to the lower regions of the house where he could shut him up and prevent him from further importuning his master Scarcely had Antonio's figure disappeared down the passage when the mastiff began to whine in an uneasy manner and to scratch against his master's door. Disturbed by the noise and astonished that his faithful valet had disregarded his injunctions, Sir Harry got up and opened the door, on which the mastiff pushed past him into the room with so resolute a movement that his master could not prevent his entrance. The instant he got into the room, the dog's uneasiness seemed to disappear ceasing to whine he made for the corner of the room where the bed stood in a deep alcove and crouching down he slunk beneath it with an evident determination to pass the night there much astonished sir harry was too sleepy to contest the point with the dog and allowed him to remain under the bed without making any further attempt to dislodge him from the strange and unfamiliar resting-place he had chosen when the valet returned shortly after with a piece of meat with which he hoped to tempt the mastiff downstairs he found the mat deserted he assumed that the dog had abandoned his caprice of being outside his master's door and had betaken himself to his usual haunts in the basement rooms and passages of the house whether from the unaccustomed presence of the dog in his room or from some other cause sir harry lee was a long time in going to sleep that night he heard the different clocks in the house strike midnight and then one o'clock and as he lay awake watching the flickering light of the fire playing on the old furniture and on the dark panels of the wainscot he felt an increasing sense of irritation against the dog whose low regular breathing showed that he at any rate was sleeping soundly towards two in the morning sir harry must have fallen into a deep sleep for he was quite unconscious of the sound of stealthy steps creeping along the stone corridor and pausing a moment on the mat outside his room Then the handle of the door was softly turned, and the door itself, moving on its well-oiled hinges, was gently pushed inward. In another moment there was a tremendous scuffle beneath the bed, and with a great bound the mastiff flung himself on the intruder and pinned him to the floor. Startled by the unexpected sounds, and thoroughly aroused, Sir Harry jumped up and hastily lit a candle. Before him on the floor lay Antonio, with the mastiff standing over him, uttering his fierce growls and showing his teeth in a dangerous manner stealthily the italian stole out his hand along the floor to conceal something sharp and gleaming that had fallen from him on the dog's unexpected onslaught but a savage snarl from leo warned him to keep perfectly still calling off the mastiff who instantly obeyed the sound of his master's voice though with bristling hair and stiffened tail he still kept his eyes fixed on the italian sir harry demanded from the valet the cause of his unexpected intrusion into his bedroom at that hour and in that way there was so much embarrassment and hesitation in antonia's reply that sir harry's suspicions were aroused in the meantime the unusual sounds at that hour of the night had awakened the household servants came hurrying along the passage to their master's room confronted by so many witnesses the italian became terrified and abject and stammered out such contradictory statements that it was impossible to get at the truth of his story, and Sir Harry saw that the only course open to him was to have the man examined and tried by the magistrate. At the examination the wretched valet confessed that he had entered his master's room with the intention of murdering and robbing him, and had only been prevented by the unexpected attack of the mastiff. Among the family pictures in the possession of the family of the Earls of Lichfield, the descendants of Sir Harry Lee, there is a full length portrait of the knight with his hand on the head of the mastiff, and beneath this legend, more faithful than favored. End of section forty eight. Recording by Sophia. Kaushik.